This is the Comedy Club. The Comedy Club. The Comedy Club. On BBC Radio 4 Action. Now, in 1997, Chris Morris returned to radio with this dark, subversive and rather provocative comedy with quite a lot of repeated long, strong language and long language. Originally, it was heard only in the small hours of Radio 1 and not broadcast since. Until now, it's Blue Jam. gloomy lob toast I'm sad and I'm when you park so wrong e headlights smash bumper breaky shuttle bang 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 like fucking pinball and when your west no longer be west of your east but above it and mock you like bad candle jack ho ha you dim muddle bum and your north-south be altogether gone or loony, then ooh welcome. Ah, ooh mug welcome in blue jam, blue jam, blue jam, blue jam. you're really angling for is a pay rise, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, last time you did say that this time you'd be able to do something about it. Mm. I mean, that was, that was nearly two years. Yes. Um, I mean, I've been doing a load of depping and acting up, taking on a bigger workload. Uh, I, I more or less ran the Flemish cookers. You know, you remember when Mr Hall lost his back? Oh, yes, of course. So, I was hoping. 12%. Yes. Well, as you know, it's, it's very difficult at the moment. Mm-hmm. We've lost quite a lot of big contracts lately. Not your fault. Um, I know you've done some really excellent work. Um, I just can't give you any more money at the moment. What I could do... Um, is to stick some coloured reinforcement rings on my balls, uh, make them look like eyes, and give you a photograph of them. Mm-hmm. And then we'll look at your pay rise again in the new year. Um. And in the meantime, you'll have a, a picture of my balls. Right. All right. Yeah. Janet, could you bring through some coloured reinforcement rings, please? Right, thank you. Blue, all right? Uh, yeah. Right, that's just one there. Right, Janet, can you take a picture of that, please? Yeah, lift your cock up. Sorry? Lift it up. It's on the way. Oh, alright. Okay, Jeremy. Good. Thanks, Chaz. Okay, well, that's yours. Thanks. It's a pretty good pair of eyes, eh? Mm. Okay, we'll review your pay situation next year. Okay, thanks very much. Okay.
I see you. I hear you. Red Iron Benz. Stand back, Christopher Columbus. And look what you've done. Black eye, dumb by laser. Take a seat. Thanks. Yes. Uh, it's my knee. I sprained it last week and um, it's still painful when I walk. Mm-hmm. Well, just tell me, is there anything there? Do you feel anything? Is it tender at all? That's your leg. Yes, it is. It's nicer than yours. You can leave me alone now. which was when I go swimming. I go down to the pool for best part of an hour. It's not crowded 
when I go, but the pool always feels more crowded than it looks. Brendan Maganza, I run the Harworth Public Swimming Baths in Pawsley. I first noticed the builder about six months ago. Uh, quite a big man swimming up and down the pool and he had about five or six people swimming alongside him. Dr Paul Spokes. I'm a GP at the Pawsley Family Health Centre. I first became aware of this builder when patients with cases of long-term depression reported a complete clear-up in their symptoms. They'd all been going down to the public swimming baths, getting into the water and swimming around with this big builder. This had a beneficial and curative effect. Cleared up the symptoms completely. People do touch me sometimes, yes. But uh, I don't really know why. Dean was really wild, even for a six-year-old. He kept being sent home from school. He used to throw his dad around a lot as well. And then I heard about the builder thing. So we took him up to the pool and he was really kicking and swearing and everything, but we pushed him in. And then the builder just sort of swam over to him and nudged him and then swam off. And I thought, well, I don't think much of this. And then Dean started following him very slowly out into the middle of the pool. And then he just started singing. He was singing all things bright and beautiful, just like he was in the choir. Yes, I remember the singing boy. I just put that down for him being one of those uh, simple kids who doesn't know whether he's in a swimming pool or a church. The plastic builders, yes, we've we've had these made up. Um, we fill them with swimming pool water straight after uh, the builder's been in, and uh, four pound ninety-five sold over 500 in the first week. Well, it doesn't look like me. It doesn't look anything like me. What's that for, then? There's a momentum of going swimming with you. I think that must be another builder. It looks like a builder, but it doesn't look like me. The only real problem we've had was when we found a bloke who inserted his hand into the builder's backside got him to drag him round the pool that way. Builder didn't seem to mind, but I put a stop to it because I really think that doesn't look right. He said that about me. Well, what if I have got a special power then? And that special power also means I've got a big gun and I'll bring it into the swimming pool. Right? What do we think about that then? I think we should leave it there.
Oh yes, come in. Now, sit down. Thank you. What seems to be the problem? I've come in about this uh, pulled tendon. Mm-hmm. Let's have a look. Dr. Harris told me to come back if the pain didn't ease up. Mm-hmm. And he told you this was a pulled tendon? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you mind just hanging on a second? Sure. Yeah, Jim, Michael, uh, got Jean Lamb here saying you had a little bit of pulled tendon. It's not a fucking pulled tendon. It's nothing like a pulled tendon, you sooty wankstain. Sorry about this, but he's being a real cloud of anal puss about your tendon. Oh, right. Yeah, why don't you? Right now. This shouldn't take a second. I'm just going to show Dr. Harris what a roaring purple vagina he is. Oh. Right, Jim. Just look at that uh, wrist, you fucking paedophile, and tell me seriously that that's a pulled tendon. Right, Jim. Can you just tell me where the pain is? Oh. Feels like a pulled tendon to me. <laughs> Do you think it's a pulled tendon? Well, it does feel like... Don't be taken in by his swoony ass piss. Michael. Her symptoms are pretty consistent. Oh, her symptoms are consistent. I can't believe that decent people are coming in here every day to listen to such a bawling fart ravine. Michael, I don't think there's much point. You're fucking right there isn't, you serial rapist. Right, I'm going to leave. Oh, that's right. Play the little erupted fish arse when it suits you. I hope some mustardy cock explodes up your cocoa valve. Jesus, that is rubber. Sorry about that. What an unbelievable clit. Mm. And you didn't help matters, did you, joining on his side like that, you little wanky window? Sorry. Let's see that wrist again. So, you don't think it's a pulled tendon? No, no. It certainly feels like a pulled tendon. Well, perhaps it is, then. Yeah. Probably is. Right. Well, we'll get that strapped up for you and give you some painkillers. Thanks. Not at all. Bye-bye, then. Yep, bye. Bye.
the people in the middle We got high wax and it's cooking on the griddle Got the guitars to rhyming, the drama to rhyming The people are humming and the vibes was bumping Hey, diddle, diddle to the people in the middle We got high wax and it's cooking on the griddle Got the guitars to rhyming, the drama to rhyming The people are humming and the vibes was loving Of a sellout, cast your first stone, but then get the hell out. The people say they know me, I can tell you that they don't. The people say they owe me, I can tell you that they won't. The left and the right, they all try to use me. But I'll be in the places before they can abuse me. So roll down your window and listen what I'm saying. Relax your mind and let the band keep playing. To the people in the middle We got hot wax and it's cooking on the griddle Got the guitars to rumming The drama to rumming The people all humming and the vibe was loving But hey, diddle, diddle to the people in the middle We got hot wax and it's cooking on the griddle Got the guitars to rumming The drama to rumming The people all humming and the vibe was loving I was trying to warm my hands in a discarded bap when the police picked me up and took me to the station for an identity parade. They said a local travel agent had been steamed by a naked old man. I was needed to make up the numbers. I'm not an old man, I said. We don't believe you. A short while later, I was standing in the nude between a very old woman and an energetic old man with a homemade Prince Albert. They'll never identify me with this on, he whispered, pointing to his hastily pierced penis. They didn't. We left the station together. I was in some discomfort as my clothes didn't seem to fit anymore. I could hear the old woman from the parade shouting after me, so I hurried on because it felt like school. Nice work, said the old man, whose name was Gerard. What's she got in her pockets? He was very chuffed. He jangled his chain and farted incomprehensibly. In one of her pockets was a tube of old woman's cream. It smelled of marzipan, but tasted better. Half an hour later, I was sitting on a traffic island squeezing the cream out. I had been aiming for the pub with Gerard, but I couldn't keep up, and he said he couldn't walk any slower, and by the time I'd got to the pub, I'd forgotten which one it was. I was annoyed with the tube of cream, because it contained air pockets. I slapped its middle and produced several splats. 
One of them landed on a nearby shoe. It was somewhat too narrow, in patent leather, with little silver guitars on the ends of the laces. I looked up the shoe, past lemon and chocolate socks and ironed jeans, to a blue leisure jacket, out of which poked the smiling necklace head of grayling Barraclough. I'd known him on and off for 20 years. We were at school together. I'd set him on fire once behind the gym. If he was disappointed by my appearance, he didn't hide it. Heidi Doody, he said. He was a television director now. He was filming some close-ups of the road with his crew. I'm filming some close-ups of the road, he said, for stylistic reasons. I left a short gap and told him about the identity parade. Hey, he said, and his mouth leaked slightly. I'm about to do a reconstruction of that very crime. He pointed to the travel agents across the road. Two extras were hovering round the corner in dressing gowns. I told him that only one old man had robbed the shop. I like facts. Not anymore, he said, and added, you burked up little ape. I assumed he was right in some way. Sorry, he said, rubbing his nose vigorously. I'm jamming on crusty white. Then he said, now hear me right out, and explained that this was a new departure in crime reconstruction. The victims don't know we're coming, he jabbered. I've got three cameras hidden there, there, and there. His neck swelled with pride as he announced that these were three of the most brilliant camera positions ever set up in the history of crime reconstruction television. He must enjoy shitting himself, I thought. He hurried off to a secret position in a building opposite the travel agents. A few moments later, the two extras ran naked round the corner into the shop. There was a sound of muffled gunfire from inside. I was fairly certain the extras weren't carrying guns. I played with my cream. Two minutes later, a police car sped by with the wretched face of Grayling Barraclough pressed to the window, looking as though the world had got a lot bigger and rougher than when I last saw him. Eight months later, I read on a piece of newspaper I was eating that Grayling had gone to Hollywood and been fatally injured in some sort of sex accident.
So basically, I mean, I'm just asking for a pay rise. Mm. So how much were you thinking of? Well, 12%. If I give you 12%, I have to do that for everyone. Mm. It's just that I've put in a lot of extra time, you know. Uh, weekends, evenings, every week for the last four months or so. So... Look, what if I give you 5%? 5%? And I'll also get Louise in here and you can watch me wrestle her to the ground and sit on her head. What? And then fart on it. What, you fart on Louise's... Yes. <laughs> you... Do you want me to do this or not? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Louise, could you just pop through here a second? Do you want coffee? No, thank you. Right, now Louise, you know Andrew, don't you? <laughs> Alright, just hold still. Keep still on your neck. I can't breathe. Hang on, hang on. I'm sorry, Louise. Um, I'll explain. Can you just just go, please? I'm sorry. I, I will explain. <laughs> You'd get better go too, please, Andrew. All right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Louise, could you pop back in here a moment, please? Louise, I'm I'm really sorry. I'm so sorry. It was the only way I could get him to agree. What? Oh my goodness. I know. I, really, he really deserved more than I could give him financially. It was the only way, Louise. I'm I just. I know. I'm so sorry. It was only a fart.
just started standing at the counter at reception and this bloke come in and he gets this like um, purple velvet bag out of his pocket and he just like tips all these little bits of metal out and like spills them onto the counter and I'm just staring at him and I'm going what are you doing? And he just ignores me and he's putting together these bits of metal and like everyone in the queue is like leaning over his shoulder and going what are you doing? He's just got like a screwdriver and a mini drill thing, he's whizzing away with it like really intricate and then like suddenly he goes it's okay I've finished and he's made this whopping big gun and he just points it at us and robs us and everyone were like really upset and going what are you, you just spoiled it for us and it, he just walked out with just, just like a big grin right across his face It was love at first sight Fatal attraction He looked taller than a mountain And I ain't exaggerating much Did you mention to Jill how much Ted liked his Lego? 
He's made a great spaceship. She's a bit worried because it said eight to ten year olds in the box. Yeah, but he's pretty bright for a six year old. Incidentally, did he come home from school today? No. No, he didn't. He should have been home about six hours ago. Mm. That's odd, isn't it? Do you think we should call someone? Nah. You probably just decided to stay overnight at the school. <sighs> Ted? No. Haven't seen him for about two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you see him, tell him to pop home. Okay. See you Friday. Dinner with Simon on Friday. Shall I book a babysitter? No. He's not going to turn up now. You don't suppose he thought we were picking him up from school? Maybe I'd better give Mrs. Hill a call and just check if he's been standing outside for a couple of weeks. Hmm. Good idea. Hello. Hi. Yes, it's Sue Belgium here. Just calling about Ted in primary three. Hmm. Um, we just wondered if he'd be hanging around outside the school waiting to be picked up. Really? She saw a bloke pick him up. Yeah. Handled him quite roughly, apparently. And the man had a car? Yeah. Oh, right. Good. Yes. It was horribly rainy. Yes. Do you think mm. the man knew about his eczema? Yeah. You, sorry, Mrs Hill, you don't know if this man knew that Ted was on goat's milk only, do you? No, just wondered. So he really bundled him into the back? Yes, yes. Okay, well, thanks a lot. Yeah, will do. Bye-bye. Sounds like we'll find it in the woods, then. Mm. Okay, pass the phone. I'll get some of the lads have a look on Saturday morning. Yeah, Mike? David? All right. How's Jill? Yeah? Yeah, we'll have to do that again. <laughs> Listen, Mike, um, you watching the match in the pub on Saturday? You couldn't join me and some of the lads to crawl around the woods before kick-off. Yeah, Ted's gone missing. About two weeks. He was picked up from school by some dodgy-sounding bloke. Can you do that? Oh, great. Bring a spade. Yeah, about two o'clock. Great. Cheers. Do you think you'll need a spade? Well, I don't know if he'll have been buried or just been left out. It'd be easier if he's been left out. Yeah.
Hello? Speaking. Oh, have you? Right. They found a body, love. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, um... Can't really come over this evening. Um... Sometime next week? Hmm. They want us to go over and identify him. Can they bring him round? Yes, uh, could you bring him over? Well, we're just sort of doing something at the moment. Um, what about bugging him in a cab? All right. What about his glasses? Oh, yeah. Um, has he got blue plastic-framed glasses on? Oh, well, I'm pretty sure that's him, then. Blue frames. Mm. <laughs> Make him look rather studious, yeah. Sounds like him. Well, th that's good enough for us, yeah. So, what do you do now? Um, chuck him away? Oh. Can't you just... <clears throat> yeah, I suppose. Alright, well, we'll see what we can do. Okay. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Is that love? We'll have to pick him up and bury him. Hmm. Do they say what he'd been doing? Well, it sounds like he was buggered quite a lot and then strangled. It's a bit much. Yeah, apparently it was that bloody Mike Holland that did it. I'll have a word with him next time I see. Yeah, we can tell him I'm pretty pissed off as well. Mike Holland? Well, we thought he was a bit of a twit. Yeah.
you naked so shiver in the drizzle. Look at clothes by your feet and think, oh yes, warm, then eat them by mistake. When you dream, be dream, but only of a gloomy lob toast. When you park so wrong, e-headlights smash, bumper breaky shuttle, bang, bang, bang like fucking pinball. And when your west no longer be west of your east, but above it, and mock you like bad candle jack, ho-ha, you dim muddle bum. And your north-south be altogether gone or loony, then ooh welcome. Ah, ooh mug welcome. In blue jam, blue jam, blue jam, blue jam. Blue Jam starred Chris Morris, Julia Davis, Amelia Bullmore, David Cann and Kevin Eldon. It was written by Chris Morris, Peter Bainham, Robert Katz, Graham Linehan, Arthur Matthews and no one else. And there's more Blue Jam next week.